Thank you for those wonderful readings given so beautifully. Heavenly Father, we do thank you for your word. Thank you for the way it speaks to us and surprises us and challenges us. We pray now that by the power of your spirit, you would open it to us and us to it. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Did you ever get told off for copying at school? Or did you ever accuse somebody else of copying your work? I can vividly remember friends going, Mies, he's copying. And then they put their head down like this. So that you couldn't see what they were doing. It's a terrible thing to be accused of copying. Also a terrible thing to think that somebody else was copying what you did. Somehow taking your work and passing it off as their own. And uh, the teacher found out it was this terrible problem in trying to work out whose was the original. In uh, sort of more grown-up terms, uh, copying is called plagiarism. And uh, uh, I found out when I did my study a couple of years ago that you, when you've written your essay, you have to hand it in through this strange computer program. And the computer program will tell you what level of plagiarism you've done. And uh, what I didn't realize was, if you ever then want to write something else, you can't use your own work, because the plagiarism thing will spit it back at you and say, no, no, it's not original, can't do it. We think about that, don't we, in in terms of art or forgeries, if someone has taken a beautiful and uh, sort of uh, original work of art and copied it and passed it off for themselves, it's seen as a bad thing, a terrible thing, stealing somebody else's work. I want us to try and sort of take those ideas out of our head and put them on one side. Because in Scripture, copying, imitating, doing as somebody else has done is a good thing. It's a really deep and profound thing. So long, of course, as we have our eyes on the right person. Scripture tells us that God asks us to copy him. And particularly in the Old Testament, there's this deep sense as the the people of Israel are called out of slavery in Egypt and begin their journey across the wilderness, ultimately to enter the promised land, that as uh, the Lord reveals more and more of himself to them, he says time and time again, you must be holy as I, the Lord your God, am holy. This sense of looking at him and imitating him both his qualities, who he is, and also his actions, how to behave. And this this idea that looking at the the nature and character of God and trying to imitate him is, is very deep, written deep into the lines of Scripture, and as I say, particularly into the lines of the Old Testament, the Hebrew Bible. And it's when the people of Israel didn't live differently when they try to sort of be just like all the other nations around them, that's when they got into trouble. When they started to adopt their practices, their worship, their behaviours, then they were seen to have betrayed the covenant, this deep and powerful agreement, relationship, sense of being with the Lord God as he reveals himself in the burning bush. I am who I am as the people of Israel translates it, Yahweh. And Yahweh draws his people into relationship and says, you are to be like me. 
You are to be different. You are to be distinctive. As I am, so you will be. Then if we come forward into New Testament times, into the time of Jesus, fulfilling all that, of course, then we get another deep and profound commandment about imitating and copying. He says, just as I have loved you, so you are to love one another. A new commandment I give you, love each other as I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. So, Old Testament, New Testament, Hebrew scriptures, Christian scriptures, this deep and powerful sense of imitating, of copying, of being holy, and of loving like Jesus loves. And I'd like to suggest that those are actually two sides of the same coin. To be called out, to be different, to be distinctive, and to love as Jesus loves us. That holiness and love are what it means to be the people of God. And if you think about um, a coin as it has its edge around, putting the two sides together, I want you to think perhaps in terms of holiness pointing us to the Father, of love pointing us to Jesus, and of that which binds them together being the Spirit. Father, Son, and Spirit calling us to imitate the holiness and the love of God. Over these coming weeks, we're going to have a think about this question. What makes us different? What makes us distinctive? What makes Christians stand out? And just for a a few moments this morning, I want to try and think together about this commandment to be holy by being loving, to be different by imitating Jesus. And what does that mean? After all, if you've ever seen the film Love Actually, you may have seen that one, there's lots of love around, isn't there? It starts and, and finishes at the, at the arrival uh, um, gate at Heathrow Airport and shows that there is a whole loads of different ways that people love each other. So what is different about Christian love? What is different about the love that Jesus calls us to imitate I want to say that there are at least two simple things. To be different, to be called out, and to love. There are two different ways of doing that. Firstly, how. How we love one another. Can I ask you a question? How does God love you? How have you felt loved by him? I'll tell you a story Years and years ago when I was a student and um, I was walking on the road this way and a, and, a, and a female student who I knew a little bit cycled the other way like this and she saw me and suddenly shouted out in great joy. She called me Thomas, which I don't particularly like, but she called Thomas, she said like that and she stopped. I thought, hello, things are looking up, trotted across the road assuming to be given some sign of her affection. She reached into the basket she had on her bike, sort of an old-fashioned bike, and she gave me a big pile of cards. Now, there were lots of churches nearby, 
and they all had a student offer. And she belonged to one of those churches, and clearly she was the one who was supposed to give out the cards. And I was at one college, and she was at another college. So she gave me this pile of cards for my college. Bye! And off she cycled. She had absolutely no interest in me, as I realised. She had, at that moment, very little actual respect for me. I may as well have been a robot, an android, able to walk down the road and give out these term cards. It wasn't a big job. There was a little room in everyone's pigeonhole, and you just threw them in like that. But the point is, she was only interested in me, in what I could do. And 35 years later, I still haven't forgiven her, you know? <laughs> God doesn't treat us like that, does he? He doesn't love us conditionally. He doesn't love us because of what we can do for him. He doesn't love us even for what we might be. He just loves us. Human beings find it really hard to love unconditionally. At our best, we might glimpse it every now and again. But that is the very nature of God, that he pours out his love for us, and he pours it out, and he pours it out, and he pours it out. And even if we never respond, he will never stop giving us that love. Friends, that is the how that we are to love one another. That is what makes our love different and distinctive. It's a really big ask, and we can't do it unless he fills us and enables us to do it. And you might be sitting there thinking, that's all very well, Tom. I haven't got time for that kind of love. I'm really busy. I've got so much to do. I can't keep on top of all the things that my work or my family or, my, or whatever it is, all these things that they ask us to do. I can't love like that. If that's you, that's fine. Really. He understands. Just go to him and say, I want to love like that. I want to. Or you might even be at a point where you say, I want to want to love like that. Just give me all I can cope with. And if you're afraid of having a go at loving like that because you're going to mess it up, can I tell you something? You will, okay? We all will. But that doesn't mean that this is not our primary calling. How are we different? Partly because the way in which we love one another. The how. And secondly, how are we different? It is the who. Who we are to love. You know, when you read the letters in the New Testament, you quickly see that the churches of the New Testament, those little groups of Christians that, that sprang up around the Mediterranean, they were, they were strange gatherings. There were all sorts of different people in them. They weren't similar. And that's why they so often got into arguments and difficulties and differences. And Paul had to keep writing and saying, no, look, you are one, you are one, you are one. When churches are full of people who would normally and naturally meet, who would normally and naturally socialize, who would normally and naturally agree with one another, something is wrong. That is not the kingdom of God. 
When churches are full of people who wouldn't naturally meet together, who wouldn't naturally share time, who wouldn't naturally socialize, and who wouldn't naturally agree, then something wonderful is going on because we are finding our unity in Christ. But when that happens, somehow we then get surprised when we disagree with one another. It's right and good and healthy. It's hard when we disagree, especially when things are really important to us. We got a glimpse, didn't we, of that in the Brexit debate of a few years ago. People who had been friends for years, deep and wonderful friends, suddenly someone had voted the different, a different way to them. I know my mum nearly lost a long, long friend, 40, 50 years. Because my mum is passionate one way, if you come ask me afterward, I'll tell you, and this lady was passionate the other way. Passionate. And she couldn't believe it. She thought, you can't do that because you're nice. And it was a real strain. And they've managed so far, so as they don't talk about that. Friends, our churches, when they are healthy, will be places where we disagree. And you know, over the next few weeks, when we begin to have a go together at the Living in Love and Faith initiative, as we begin to discuss those questions of sexuality and gender relationships and marriage, there will be disagreements. Can I say, that is good and right and proper. And for goodness sake, can we try not to be nice to each other? That isn't love. Love is saying, I believe this and I'm going to tell it you passionately. But then I'm going to shut up and I'm going to let you tell me what you believe. How are we different? How are we holy? One of the ways in which we are different and holy is through the way we love. We love one another. How? As Jesus set out for us. Who? One another. Especially when we disagree. Especially when we disagree. So, if you're thinking, that's all fine, Tom. Give me something to take home, okay? Here you go, all right? How should I love? I want you to try and do these things for me, okay? If you can remember any of them on the way out, you'll have done well, but just, just go with me, okay? Firstly, be pleased to see other Christians at St. Christopher's, okay? Be pleased to see one another. We are the body of Christ in this place. We have all sorts of failings and shortcomings, but we are the body of Christ. Be pleased to see your brothers and Christians. Secondly, remember <clears throat> that it is normal and healthy for us to disagree. Then, remember that we are all from different cultures, and that is a wonderful thing. I'm going to stick my neck out here, okay? I met, first met Henrietta. Henrietta who was our previous associate vicar and uh, who's married to Toby, who was our vicar. I first met Henrietta 30 years ago, okay? When I first met Henrietta, I thought she was rude. Then I learned she wasn't rude, she was Dutch, okay? And she just fired from the hip all the time. And we were in a sermon class together. And after a few uh, to these, someone had to go and preach a sermon and you all got together afterwards and talked about it. After about three, she just stopped coming. And I said to her, why, why aren't you coming anymore? And she said, you're just being nice to each other. 
What's the point? You can imagine it, can't you? All these hung-up British people at me. Oh, that was really good. You know, that was really good. But, tiny criticism. But the recipe was really good, really good, really good. That's not a Henrietta boss. This was rubbish. Didn't make any tale of that. She wasn't being rude. That's just who she was. And when we meet together and we talk about things, we all come from different cultures. And that's wonderful. Let those cultures speak. Respect them, receive from them, be blessed by them. And if we stay together on the journey, God will form us into his presence of Jesus through one another. I want our church and every church to be different, to be distinctive, to be holy. For people to look at us and say there's something a bit odd about them. And one of the key ways in which we will do that is through loving one another. How? By the love of Jesus. Who? Everybody. And it might be a bit messy and it might be a bit difficult. But if we can love like that, God is in our midst. Amen.